Welcome to the Next Level American Dream podcast, brought to you by Thompson Multifamily Group. Your hosts, Abigail and Sean, will discuss how you can take your American dream to the next level through real estate investing, business practices, and personal development. Join us as we share our experiences as a father-daughter duo who are trying to accomplish their goal of financial freedom. We hope you learn more about how to define and achieve your American dream. Here's another episode of Next Level American Dream. Today on the Next Level American Dream podcast, we talk to Tim Harris. Tim is a very successful real estate investor acquiring more than 1,500 properties and a total of more than a billion dollars in transactions. He started and sold many real estate related companies, including lenders, brokers agencies, insurance agencies, several investment entities, and what is now known as Think Realty Expo. Tim has worked on Wall Street, helping Blackstone's B2R establish its investor lending business. He has been a part of transactions as small as a $3,000 house in Dallas to an undisclosed $230 million deal. Tim is now taking a family-first approach to life and business. Hi, Tim. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I appreciate you coming on. You know, we've known each other for quite a while, and uh, I've always respected and, and, and liked the way you do business, and uh, it seems like we're we're like good buddies. We never talk to each other, <laughs> you know, but I think, I think of you as a good friend. And uh, I think a lot of it's just because we kind of think it's pretty similarly in the way we conduct our daily lives and our business and our families and stuff like that. So if it's right. okay with you, I'd like to just talk to you kind of about uh, your journey so far in real estate and what you've uh, been doing the last couple of years and then kind of where you're headed. Is that all right? Yeah, man. Well, tell me, we met when I started with Homevestors, you know, probably it's been close to a decade ago now, and you really were the catalyst for keeping me alive in that business. I was about five <laughs> months in and I, I was doing the system and I would just keep doing the system and I, and I couldn't understand why I wasn't converting uh, the properties. And I came to you one day and I said, Hey Tim, I, I don't get it. You know, and I had this one property that was a problem. I'd run the whole system and, and you sort of, took the lead on it and, and got everything uh, sorted out and, and bought the property. And I started, I watched you do that. And it was like, it was an epiphany moment, you know, it's right. like, I see it was that, you know, when you when you start something and people training you and teaching you, they teach you the, the methodology, but they don't teach you the tweaks. Right. And right. I saw, I saw you with the experience, take that one property and, and take the tweak and go, okay. So now I know, I know the tweak to the, to the system. Right. And, and that was the, that was what changed everything for me. So you shared that Facebook post with me, what last week or so ago, it, it was, uh, yeah. I've always enjoyed watching entrepreneurs and I can't say young entrepreneurs because I see it out of people that are in their twenties and I see it out of people that are in their sixties. You know, I've always enjoyed that conversion process and watching the lights go on. And, and, and I mean, that was a fun deal we did with you. And I mean, we've done a lot, a lot of deals with you. We, we've, I've, I've helped you borrow money from people. I've loaned you money, uh, not like loaned you money, but like on houses. And you, you know, I like following what you got going on now. I mean, you, you, you can always bleed through the BS when you see someone taking a bike ride at 11 AM on a weekday. And you, but, because there's a lot of people that talk about being an entrepreneur that they get that they're more busy than employees are. They don't have time for anything they want to do. And so lately with your, your, the, the path that you're on now, I've enjoyed watching it because when I see you taking a bike ride at 11 AM on a Wednesday, it tells me that you're grounded and you're still kind of 
tied in with who you are and what you want. And I wish more entrepreneurs had that, honestly. Well, you know, I started my business. So when I started, when, when the story we were just talking about, when I started, and I was just grinding and grinding and grinding. And I, I ended up gaining like 60 pounds. You know, I was unhealthy and all these other things. In the last couple of years, I just decided, hey, look, this, there's got to be a better way to do this, you know. And uh, I think you're, you kind of had the same thing. You, you started um, several companies and built this big thing. And I think you've kind of backed up a little bit, right? So tell me kind of, uh, you started, you, I know you started with a single family business and buying and selling single family residences and wholesaling rentals, all that stuff. And you transitioned into uh, corporate life a little bit too. Tell me about that transition. Yeah, you know, so I started out investing about a year after the Marine Corps, and that was back in 01. And that's really just all I did up until about 2012, 2013, when I started a trade show called the REI Expo. Ran that for a couple of years, sold that to someone. After we had the opportunity, I'd, I'd spoke at a conference called the Five Star Conference, and I was approached by Blackstone to start up B2R Finance, which is now finance of America commercial. And you know, that was, you talk about a whirlwind two and a half years of being on three to five planes a week, having offices in six States, having hundreds of employees. And it was a dream, Sean, you know, I had an office on Madison Avenue in New York city, right. you know, and I got to fly in first class and I had a private driver everywhere I went and it was cool and it was fancy and, it was miserable at the same time. Uh, right. And so, you know, I ended up resigning from that after about two and a half years. I'd kind of gotten it where I originally envisioned. We'd done, you know, well over a billion dollars in loans. We were the clear industry leader. And so it was time for me to leave. I'm more of a builder than a maintainer. If you start looking at some of these personality scales. And then, I, but I fell right back into that trap. I started this company called 2020 REI Group. And next thing you know, I've got, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a month in overhead and 50 or 60 employees running around and we're doing millions and millions of dollars a year in revenue with millions and millions of dollars a year worth of expenses. And I was in rush hour traffic every morning trying to get to the office and staying until after rush hour so that I could get my work done and missing dinners with the family and missing important events. And, uh, you know, in April of 2018, we had an issue with one of my sons where he got injured in, in a track event and I wasn't there. And it's just the, the next day was just one of those epiphany moments. It was, you right. know, he's going to be gone soon and I'm not making him a priority. And I've got a 10 year old now. Uh, and I just decided that as long as I have kids in my house, they're going to be the priority. So I sold the companies. I shut down the ones that weren't really sellable. And now, you know, I, I've got a little home office. And even during this coronavirus scare, our, our monthly overhead is so negligible that, you know, we just, we don't have to sell a house to make our, to pay our bills. And we don't have to do a loan to pay our bills. And so it, it's really just freed me up to, spend time with my kids. You know, I make breakfast every morning for them. I cook them lunch. Sometimes I'm almost always cooking dinner, something on the smoker out in the backyard. So it, I've really kind of 
finally given in and started living the entrepreneur, entrepreneurial life I always talked about. Right. Yeah. So you went, you went to corporate life for a little bit, saw that it was just, just soaking up your, your time for your family and, and everything else other than what they wanted or what they needed. But then you went, you came out of there and you built, went big and built your own thing too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, and then I guess through all that process, you finally learned, Hey, this is what's most important to me. This, you know, and so now you've, you've adjusted your life to really, you, you've adjusted your business to fit your life as, as opposed to the other way around. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's a great, I think that's a great story in that most entrepreneurs, they're trying to rule the world and that's not what it's about. It's about, it's about creating a life and a, and a, and a family or whatever it is that you want to have in your life. Uh, that you can be happy with and proud of. And, and you, you know, every day becomes, becomes something you enjoy, right? What do you, yeah, you know, I mean, it's been, it's been, it's been a journey and there are times that my entrepreneurial mind and my ego get the best of me. And I start thinking about doing something quote unquote big again. And I, I've just finally reached the maturity level to where I can put that in check and I can say, no, I don't need to do that. I don't want to do that. What I want to do is, I mean, I think today's Friday. It's hard to keep track of days of the week right now. It is, yeah. Uh, but you know, what I want to do is go hang out by the pool with my 10 year old and watch him and his friends play and, light the grill and drink a couple beers and listen to country music and just hang out here at my house. That's what I want to do. Uh, and, uh, that's just kind of what I've been doing. Yeah. And that's what, that's what you will be doing as soon as you're done talking to me probably. Right. Yeah. Yep. 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 It's a uh, hundred degrees, which means it's time to get out there and light a fire and figure out something to cook and then, um, yeah. jump in the pool to cool off. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, sort of, what are you doing uh, now? Uh, so you, you started all your companies, you sold everything off. Uh, you've adjusted your business down to a level that gives you the freedom that you need, but also covers uh, what you're expecting to do, to do financially in your life. You're, you know, you're, you're still on a path to financial freedom, I'm sure. So what is it, what is your, what does your life look like now in terms of structure? You're, you're buying and selling single family homes, but you're working from home and you're, you're making sure you have plenty of time for family. So kind of run through. If you had to, I guess, what would, what would a day look like for you now and, or a week look like for you now? Well, and you've got, you've got a couple podcasts. Don't you have a couple podcast too that you're doing yourself? I, I, I do. I don't publish very regularly. It's something yeah. I want to fix this, you know, because I do enjoy sharing the message of uh, life of pursuing people's desired lifestyle. But, you know, I think my, I've got my life now to where, you know, the typical morning I wake up six thirty, seven o'clock, grab myself a cup of coffee, grab the newspaper. I actually still, I'm kind of an old soul, Sean. <laughs> I still read the actual paper yeah. newspaper. And Those they'll take still around. Yeah, well, they are <laughs> thrown in my driveway every morning. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's a nice routine. I get up, I take the dog out. The dog runs around in the yard. We live on three acres and we walk out to the street and grab the paper. And I, I sit on the back deck most mornings and still probably nine o'clock, just sit there and read the paper, play some Sudoku, think about the day, meditate. I'm, I'm a very grateful person for the freedoms that we have in this country. And the fact that someone like me that, you know, my family didn't have the money to send me to college and I'm living the life of a millionaire. So 
it's, it's, it's a great feeling every morning and I reflect on that and I'm grateful for it every morning. And, you know, typically around nine o'clock or so, I make the kids breakfast, I come into my office around 10, read some emails, uh, read some newsletters. I spent most of my day yesterday and today looking for a place to hunt this fall because it looks like they're going to cancel football season and probably cancel school for my kids. So instead of letting them, them spend their time playing video games in the house. I, I bought an RV last week, a travel trailer, and we're just going to see the world and we're going to hunt and we're going to fish and spend time outdoors and travel around. But then, you know, I typically make lunch around one, do a little bit more work. Uh, most days by three thirty, four o'clock, you can find me in the backyard piddling. I've got a barn that, you know, we, I've got a truck we're working on down there and a tractor and, Right now, I'm working on remodeling that RV because we're going to start using it in a week or two. But yeah, I mean, you'll find country music blaring and smoke coming out of my cabana about every day of the week. Yeah, barbecue is a big part of your life. You, you're, that's, your, that's the name of your podcast too, Business and Barbecue. So uh, I know barbecue is a big part of your life, so you're doing that quite a bit as well, huh? Yeah, and you know, the barbecue part, is, it was part of my awakening it was i love i've always loved barbecue being from texas uh, it's kind of a big part of the culture here and there were all these highly rated places that i've never taken the time to go yeah and you know which is just asinine when you you're the boss you're the ceo you own your own companies and you don't have time to do the things you want uh, and so part of the business and barbecue podcast is making time for the things that that mean the most to you in life and and for me, barbecue is something I appreciate. I love to eat it. A year and a half ago, I was not good at making it, but I had a passion for it. So I started diving into it and it's a creative outlet for me. I like to take the pictures and make it look pretty. I like to make it better than every time than it was the time before. And it's, it's always a challenge. And I do like a challenge. And I think that's where a lot of people that try to take it a little easy in life go wrong is they, 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 you have to have something that's going to satisfy that creative part of yourself. I'd imagine it's a big reason you're doing the podcast because I know how liberated you felt that you got to start doing the multifamily and that your daughter was going to get involved and all yeah. that. But you know, when you're only buying one or two deals a year versus one or two a month, you got to have some sort of creative outlet, something to get your juices going, that, 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 that type A red personality that we all have and that when we're in business for ourselves. And so, you know, for me, it's been barbecue. You know, today I've got some scallops that I bought fresh and I'm going to find a way to cook them. And I've never cooked a scallop in my life. It's either going to be really good or <laughs> dog food, one or the other, but that's the fun part about it. And if right, I mess it way. up, I'll, yeah. I'll try again, you know? Either uh, way, it's fun, right? Yeah, yeah. So I like the challenge. I like the process. I like that there's no one piece of meat or food that's made the same. I like to add spices. You know, you taught me about that prel scale, uh, yeah. <laughs> the acid and the bases, and it, it's become a part of my life. Like, yeah. So this morning, I had a kale smoothie, and it sounds awful. Definitely. It's definitely not something that, you know, you would pick as your last meal ever, but to balance out my system and to make sure I feel good. That was my breakfast this morning. I gave the kids bacon and eggs and biscuits and I had a 
kale smoothie, and I blame that on you. Well, you, yeah. Well, it's a it's a good thing though. I, I'm happy you're blaming it on me because it's a good thing. But yeah, you have to balance. It's just like with life; you got to balance your body. You got to balance your life, right? Yeah, and I've lost weight. I feel better. I don't get heartburn anymore. Yeah, because uh, when you're eating all those high acidic meats and smoke right. on top of them and spices your body will start to rebel and and swell actually yeah. uh, so uh adding in a lot of spinach and, and vegetables and you know kale and stuff like that has been helpful for me it's been kind of funny now when i'm at a restaurant if i taste something like there's this place here in rockwall called zanata and they make really good roasted vegetables and yeah. so one day and, and and i love them but every time i tried to make them here i they were not really good. And so I just went to the chef and said, Hey, can you tell me how you make those? And he was like, yeah, sure. And he showed me. And the trick was I wasn't using high enough heat. So anyway, now when I make the roasted vegetables, I mean, it's just really, really good. And, yeah. uh, you know, we, we play around with it. Right. And that, that's, that's been the fun part. It, it, it actually keeps me entertained, but it also has become a family thing. Like my kids, especially my oldest, the big one that's a linebacker. I mean, he gets really excited whenever I'm telling him what I'm going to be cooking for the week. It's, uh, so it's not only satisfying my creative outlet, outlet, it actually gets me more involved with my family as well, which, which is, is I mean, it's the whole reason that we all want to build these empires, you know? But, you know, for me, as you know, when you first came into the business, I was Mr. Superstar. I, I any conversation in DFW would involve my name. And, you know, it, it, it was hard to step back and give that up. You know, now there's a lot more popular people in the DFW Metroplex in the real estate investing industry. But, you know, I, I've got a saying, you know, take popularity to the bank and try to deposit it, right? right? And they don't cash that check. So, you know, back to your question about what we do now kind of in the business it's, we've got a really good even mix. We're keeping about one rent house a month because long-term asset appreciation and inflation shield is still, and, and the tax advantages is still really a high priority for me. We don't really assign contracts a lot anymore. We used to do a lot of that, as you know, right. uh, with the current market and there's such a lack of inventory in the under $200,000 price point. We've just been closing on houses, cleaning them out and selling them to a family at a discount. And, you know, two things about that, and I don't want to get too technical, but, you know, an assignment of contract type transactions, really high stress. It's high touch. You've got all these timelines you have to meet. You're not really in control. And it drives you into a lifestyle, into a business rhythm that is not conducive with being relaxed and happy. Well, there's margin so, compression in that business too. So the mar you know, when your margin is compressed to a, to a rate that you've got to accelerate your uh, velocity in that business. So you've got to, you've got to turn so many deals in order to get, in order to get the money that you need. That's it's a much, it's a much more complex business than people think it is. Yeah. And so, you know, now by, by kind of not doing that and just closing on the houses and just fixing the houses all the way or most of the way, we become in charge of the timelines and you have a lot less surprises and urgent fires. 
So you make more money, like you said. I mean, like this house that we closed on today, I was telling you about in Grand Prairie, we probably could have made about $5,000 if we were to just assign it to someone. And then I have advertising costs and sales commissions and acquisitions commissions with my team. And instead, we make a little over 30000 a month later just by being a little bit more methodical in the approach. Right. Let's talk about, so I think you and I are similar in our, in our, in our businesses now. You know, I, I, never, I never wanted to build a big empire. I, I always wanted to just be a real estate investor as an individual. I didn't want a bunch of employees. Uh, I still don't really want a lot of employees. So I, my business has always been fairly small. I do what I can in terms of volume and things like that with my single family business, but I've never really wanted to be one of those people that does a hundred houses a year like you were doing or plus uh, I've never wanted to do just that, those numbers. Right. But I think even doing a business that is whatever you can make it to be, it's going to take a lot of your time. Right. And, I, and most approaches that people have with as an entrepreneur, when they're first getting started is like, like you said, to build an empire, to rule the world. And really what I think people should be thinking about is what kind of life do I want to build, right? So you have to include your health, your family, your friends. You have to include all those things in your life when you're kind of thinking of your, of your uh, business and how you're going to run your life. So tell me, we touched on it a little bit about what you're doing now, but what was it that kind of tr transitioned you? I guess you said there was an incident with your son, right? That, that, that was the, that was the, the trigger that fired in your brain that said, Hey, I need to rethink how I'm doing this. So talk to me a little bit about, do you think people get caught up in that, in that going big scenario? And, and how is it that, that you think people should be thinking about that? You know, on my website, the header text says the business is a vehicle, not the dream. And that's something I came up with because too often we start a business because of a dream and then forget the dream and spend way too much time on the business instead of right. the dream. And a lot of times, and I see entrepreneurs in this all the time and I can't mention some names because people reach out to me a lot privately and ask for advice because they get overextended with their overhead. They get overextended with their personnel and I'm very public about my struggles and stories with that. And, and I help them out with it in a very private nature. But, you know, my brother-in-law once said to me, he said, man, keep it small and keep it all. And at the time I made fun of him, right? I was like, ah, oh, you lack ambition. You don't see the bigger picture. You ever watch the, the Lorax, the Disney movie, the Lorax? I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a Dr. Seuss book too, right? Yeah. And it's, it's in one, one of the things it's it keep biggering and biggering and biggering more, yeah. more, more. And that's what people do in their businesses. They, 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 they think, man, you know, I'm making this and it's good, but if I could just do this, then I'll make more and it'll be better. And they're not accounting for the time, the energy, the effort, the friction and the lost experiences that are inherent along the way. And when I say experiences, I mean, your kid's soccer game. I mean, making breakfast. Your, yeah, yeah, making breakfast for the kids, right? Yeah, picking your 10 year old up from school 
on a day that he, well, I guess we don't do that anymore, yeah. <laughs> but you know, on, on a day that he had a problem with another kid and your son can ask his father for advice, right. uh, when he needs it versus when you're maybe later that night, whenever you're yeah. home and you're in a bad grumpy mood. So, you know, a lot of, I measure a lot of it about just being there for them, trying to help them grow into the young men. I want, I have two sons. I don't have any daughters trying to help my young boys grow into the young men that I want them to be. And, you know, I spend a lot of time talking to my family and, 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 and just prioritizing the things that when I'm on my deathbed will have meant something to me. Cause yeah. although I like you a lot and I love to sit and drink with you and talk with you and consider you a friend, on my deathbed, I'm not going to be grateful that I helped you flip a house in Garland. You know, right. I may be grateful that you and I had shared personal experiences. I may be grateful that you taught me about the prowl scale. I may be grateful that I got to know, I learned a lot about Arkansas real estate by talking to you. Like those are the things that matter relationships, real conversations, the millions of dollars I've made, it's just not important. And, and I know that sounds elitist and there may be someone listening to this like a million dollars would be good to me, Tim. But, you know, some of the best years that I've had personally have no correlation with my best years financially. You know, and I, I think, you know, learning to run a really tight ship and control your expenses and plan for the future and not just the future of the business, but the future of your marriage, the future of your you know, kids is something that a lot of people overlook. They get so, they spend their entire day and, and you, you can always tell it's the people that are, you know, posting on Facebook all weekend long about how great it is to be an entrepreneur. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I mean, because <laughs> you won't see me posting from Friday till Saturday till Monday unless it's something just really funny uh, about business because it's not what I'm focused on. I'm focused on, you'll see me posting barbecue. You'll see me posting pictures of my kid riding his dirt bike. You're, you know, so I, I just, I feel like think, I ramble. Um, yeah. Do you think it was uh, do you think it took, do you think it took that building those companies and, and, and sort of ha having that incident with your son to, to get you to realize that? Or, or do you think you were on that path anyway, eventually? So I, I think that's what a lot of people go through is they, they, like you said, they, they want to build this empire and then they, they have an epiphany moment. I mean, I, you, you and, and uh, a couple of other friends of mine, we all have some sort of similar stories is that we just decided one day, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try and build this empire anymore. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to look out for everything else that's important to me. So do you think, do you think people kind of have to go through that process or, or is it, is there, is there, is there a way to sort of see that from the beginning? I absolutely do not think that they have to go through the pain. The whole no pain, no gain is yeah. not something that I really believe in. To me, what you have to do is you have to be open and focused, open to grow and focused on, reality. And, and Gary Keller wrote the book, The Millionaire Real Estate Investor. It's a great book. And it talks about how networking can help you skip rungs on the ladder to success. And I think this is a personal thing. 
Right. But you can still, if you hear other people's story, you can realize as soon as you start doing it, you know, you can say, wait, this is what that Tim, that Tim and Sean were talking about. This is, this is not who I want to be. This, I, I want to be a father and a husband. I don't want to be a real estate investor. Right. You know, and, and, and I think just like with your body, you have to be careful what you put into it. I think with your mind, you have to be careful what you put into it because there's going to be a lot of people specifically in the real estate world that will talk you into going to conferences and spending a bunch of money and buying mentor packages and things like that, that will not, they'll just teach you to be an employee of yourself and you know, the rich dad, poor dad cash flow quadrant, right? right. I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah, exactly. it, it's, it, you know, if your life is no different as an entrepreneur than it was as uh, a full-time employee for someone else, what have you really gained? Right, I mean, if bother. you're working more, if you're more unhealthy, if you're more of an angry, irritable person, what was it all for? You know, I, I, I think that's just, I could probably just keep repeating that because I, I don't think people have to go through it to answer your question. I think what they have to do is listen to someone that has and learn from their story, which is like I told you, and like, I'm like you. I mean, it's one of the reasons I like to share my story because, you know, I went through some pain and I caused some pain for my family that was completely avoidable. That if I would just been focused on, you know, what my stated mission was, it, it, it would have helped a lot of, I would have avoided I, after things I did to prioritize what I now prioritize because Sean, I already prioritized it. It was already a priority. I just wasn't, I was just allowing something else to replace it. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was hoping we would get to in this conversation is there's, it's okay to want to build an empire. It's okay to want to build all these things and it's okay to have these desires. But I think a lot of people, they start, like you said, they start getting down these paths of going to a conference and learning how to do something. And they start just doing things that are not necessarily going to get them closer to where they want to go. There's a, there's a good way for you, for every individual to do what you want to do in your life and, and achieve your financial freedom. But you don't have to, you don't have to neglect everything else in your life. You can still build a beautiful family, a beautiful life, take care of yourself health wise, all these other things that you want to do but you want to look at your investing uh, in real estate or whatever else it is and sort of target those things that are going to help you get uh, the whole picture, right? Uh, you don't have to compromise, you know, and I think a lot of people neglect the network that they have. Like, you know, I, I know I can count on you if I ever, you know, need some help with something. And I have several friends that are high level investor friends that uh, are always helping me out. You know, I work with uh, Corey Peterson. He's a, a multifamily guy. He's my partner in business now and, and helping me with things. And you, you want to find those people that are going to be catalysts for moving you forward and there to support you when you're doing these, uh, these projects. You don't want to get sort of sidetracked into something that uh, is going to take you down the wrong path in terms of, you may be on a success path in business, but in life you're, you're kind of losing. So I think as people are getting involved in real estate or getting their, their involved in entrepreneurialism, you want to kind of be careful about just, just 
going headlong or, you know, charging forward into just winning, 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 winning in business. You want to make sure that you encompass a life plan with everything you do. I think that's important. I was kind of hoping that's where we would kind of get to you and I talking is that, you know, you've been through it. I, I, I never really had that. You're much worse than me. <laughs> you know, you, you, you have this personality that is a hard charging personality, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of the same way, but I've, I, I've learned to tamp it down. You know, my family uh, keeps me in check because they, I, they You're can't stoic. with me. What's that? You're stoic. Yeah, I try to be, I'm a little bit stoic. I do follow the stoic philosophy a little bit. So I, I try to keep it in check, but I'm, I have the same thing. I, I want to get up and go and, and, and I'm always trying to win the race or win the fight, you know, and you're the same way, but you really go for it all the time. And it's, it's amazing what you do. So it's, but it's funny that you've gotten to a place that I've gotten to as, as well in that we want to build a life for our family and for ourselves. You know, the money has kind of become, I think that's what you get caught up in is how much money can I make? And what I've decided or figured out is that it, the money is just a scorecard, right? The money doesn't really matter. It's about creating a life that you want. It's about building assets that pay me money uh, that without me working on it every day, you know, and things like that. So I look at, I look at my business and my life a little bit differently now. And I kind of wanted to get to that place with, with your with talking to you because you've been through that whole full cycle and you're, you went much further extremes than I did. You went, you know, built, built these successful companies. So I you just know, wanted, to, wanted to, wanted to, that was, that's where I was hoping to get was to tell people, Hey, you can, you don't have to go crazy. You can, you can do, do it a better way. You know, I'm 42 now, which doesn't seem that old, but man, I've done so much at, at this age and multifamily is one of those things that my wife and I have looked at several times and there have been several times that I was about to go all the way in, right? And just classic Tim Harridge, go get myself educated, start looking for deals, start managing deals. I wasn't going to be a passive. I was going to be the active and I would be the deal sponsor. And, you know, I never did. I've, I've been involved in some small, small multifamilies. And I've been a passive once. And I'll tell you, if I was going to do something like that, again, now at this phase of my life, I am 195% certain I would not do it as an active, that I would just do it as a passive with you or Mike or Brad or someone that I know and trust because that's really the goal. The goal is not to be a multifamily guru for me. The goal is to make my money, make me more money right. <laughs> and without me having to do more work. You know, it's, it's, I talk to friends all the time and I know you have this happen too with single family. Everybody wants to get into single family. Oh, I want to flip right. a house. Oh, my wife loves to design that. And it's like, yeah. oh, well, that's great. Here's the bill for the last sewer leak. You should pay that. That's what it's like to be a single family investor. But I say that because, you know, for me, I'm really good at single family. I've been doing it for 20 years. I've got a team in place. I've got systems in place. And it truly is, I am in the quadrant now of I own the business. I don't work in the business, but I'm not all the way to investor there yet because it still does rely around some of my decisions and some of my involvement. Like I told you I was late to this call today because I had to go to a closing. 
but that's okay. I, I can really manage that around my schedule. But if I were to get involved in multifamily, then the amount of time and energy it would take me to kind of ramp that up, it would take me away from everything that I just got through saying is important to me. So I think if I had a lot to do over again, instead of starting companies like the real estate brokerage I owned, I would have just invested in someone else's company and helped them succeed versus uh, starting it on my own. The same way now, if you bring a multifamily deal, you know, I've got some IRA money, give me a call, right? And, and, and I can put that money with you, invest with you, help you succeed on that project, and I can get paid for it. And right. it, do, it, it won't take me away from a single day of drinking beer or cooking barbecue, you know, it, exactly. it, it just won't. And, 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 and so that's, that's the mindset shift, right? Instead of doing everything on your own, you leverage your network and your time because what, what I, was, I was way too giving of my time before. I get asked to do a podcast at least every week and I just typically say no because I don't have anything to sell. I don't have anything to promote. I own, a, I own an insurance company. I guess I could talk about that, but you know, that company's doing so, that, that company's doing so well yeah. and I have a partner that runs the business and I just am an owner and I get money out of it that I don't even think about it. I, I, I really don't. I think about it when I get my monthly report, just like you should when you like, when you're own something, you know, you, you shouldn't be involved in the business. So yeah, I mean, it was kind of funny. You asked me, say, Hey, what are you, what are you trying to promote? I was like, I don't have anything to promote, which, you know, I ran that REI masterminds last year and earlier this year. And when the Corona came, I just suspended all the payments from it. And it was my intention to start it back in June but I just did this alignment check, you know? And so one of the things that John Lee Dumas, have you listened to Entrepreneurs on Fire, the podcast? No, I haven't. Oh my God, you gotta listen to it. Okay. Entrepreneurs on Fire, John Lee Dumas. It is a yeah. great podcast for entrepreneurs. But I had, I paid for this mentor thing with him and had a couple conference calls with him and it was really worth the money. But one of the things he said, he said, look at what you're doing and, you know, come up with, Two, two categories, passion on one side and talent on the other, right? And if you have a passion and rate it one to 10, right? One being no passion, 10 being a lot of passion. And then same thing with the talent, one being talent and 10 being, you know, one being no talent, 10 being a lot of talent. So like for my single family investing business, passion is probably a five. I don't, I, I hate going to look at people's houses in the middle of the summer when they're blowing smoke in your face. I just hate it. Talent is a 10. I'm really, really good at it, but I don't enjoy it. So I don't spend a lot of time doing that. You take barbecue, for instance, my passion for barbecue is a 10. I just love it. My talent is probably a six, maybe a seven now. A year ago, it would have been a two or a three. And John's point was entirely if you're passionate about something, you can always build your talent. But if you're talented at something, you, you can't really build your passion for it. And right. too many times people start a business that they're talented at, but they don't have a passion. And it becomes just a job that you hate. 
You see that and a so, lot in real estate. You see yeah, that a lot right? in real estate. Everybody, and, everybody wants to be a real estate so investor. Now, yeah, yeah. Everybody wants to be a real estate investor until they actually get to do it. And it's like, this is horrible. Right. So now I'm really aligned and I do the, and, and so I did this with REI masterminds and I haven't really talked about this publicly until now in May. I just did, I just did the, the scale. I said, you know, what's my talent for this? And it's pretty low. I don't, I'm not really good at organizing a group of people and sticking to schedules and co communicating the, you know, and then I looked at my passion and, you know, I have a passion for being around like-minded people. Right. I do not have a passion for running a business like that. So right. I just, after doing that exercise in June, I just, I was literally Sean, I'm, I'm here, I'm doing the landing pages and stuff. I'm getting ready to relaunch REI masterminds. And I just said, never mind. It just, it doesn't fit doesn't fit with who I want to be and what I want to be. And you, you were a part of it and you know that I missed calls and I would forget to communicate calls. And it's just because I don't have a passion for it. So I don't do that anymore. And, and uh, that's just the latest chapter in Tim Harridge ventures that started, looked really cool and are now out the window. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that drive you have. That's what I was saying before. You're just like, you're like on fire all the time to get something done, you know? So I think you're sort of, you're navigating your way through uh, finding those things that are really important to you. Like you said, you're, you're, you're measuring them on a passion, passion and talent scale now. So, but anyway, so that's, I think that's what people need to do when they first get started is just think about how they really want to approach their financial freedom and how they uh, go about it. And then using the people around them, like, you know, the, I think a lot of the problem that part people have is that if finding a guy like me or finding a guy like you and, and getting to know us, you know, cause we're, we're not out. I'm not, this is as public as I get, you know, been doing this podcast and you know, you know me, you would easily invest with me and, and do business with me. And, you know, I know a ton of people that do, I have private investors all over the place and, but finding me to, to get to do business with me or finding you to get to do business with you is a little bit of a challenge for someone who's not in this space, you know? So, but anyway, yeah, I think that's a, you know, people looked at, like we said a minute ago, everybody wants to be a real estate investor, but it is a super hard, very um, demanding business. It'd be much easier just to find someone like you or me and, and get to know them and invest with them and live out your investor dream without having to go through all the other stuff, you know, but uh, that's part of the challenge. I guess, you know, hopefully somebody will find one of us and, and, and learn how to do that. But Yeah. Um, I get, I get emails all the time. People like, Oh, my wife loves picking out color and we want to flip houses. I'm like, look, the picking out, yeah. I mean the picking out colors part that takes 10 minutes. <laughs> like there, there's six months worth of work on that project. And you're saying you like 10 minutes of it. Like who's going to do the rest. I don't even know what colors go into my houses. My, the, my contractors handle that. I, I have, I have no idea what color the flooring is going to be, what color I just, I'm just like, what's the budget, you know? When can you right. get it done? <laughs> What's the budget? When can you get it done? That's great. Okay, perfect. Let's move on. You know. Right. So, well, I, we, this is uh, the name of the podcast, uh, Tim, is Next Level American Dream. And we always ask everybody sort of, what is your American dream? And you and I have talked pretty much exclusively about our American dreams almost this whole podcast. So I don't know if you'll be able to be able to, to sort of pin this down, but I like to ask, what is your American dream? And then what are some of the things that you do every day or, or think are important that people could, could utilize in their life 
to take it to the next level. So if you don't mind, maybe just define for me what you think or what you live as the American dream. And then if there's maybe a couple things or philosophies or books or something that you think that can help people go to the next level. I was active duty in the United States Marine Corps for five years and I was fortunate and unfortunate enough to visit some of the worst places in the world and to watch the worst of human behavior. And I know that every day that I wake up in this country is a blessing. And so my American dream is really weird. It's that, and it sounds selfish. It's to have what I want when I want it. And by that, I mean, if, if I want to cook by the pool today, I'm going to do it. And it doesn't matter if it's a Friday, a Monday, a Sunday, I'm not going to have someone else tell me what I have to do when I have to do it. And, 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 and that's my dream. And, you know, that's the dream I'm living right now. It, it, it's, I've made a lot of life decisions that put us in a financial situation where I could live here for probably three years if I never made another dollar and live the way I want to, not just live here. And, and so my American dream is enjoying the things that I have, that I have and I want now versus putting it off till tomorrow because you know there's a garth brooks song right if tomorrow never comes and i watch a lot of people in corporate america and in entrepreneurial situations they're always putting off today for hopes of a bigger tomorrow and i just i i now refuse to do that i will not uh, i i have passed on meetings with a billionaire because they wanted me to drive to downtown dallas and I live an hour away and I didn't want to make the drive. Whereas five years ago, I, I would have made that drive and I would have dressed up in my suit and I would have really put on a good show. So I, I think, you know, my American dream, man, it's just simple. I want to spend time with my family and do what I want when I want to do it. And anything that gets in the way, specifically business-wise, just isn't worth it. Now, it's not a utopian dream. I mean, there are times that you have to put in some hard work. There are times you have to, we talked earlier about my project in San Antonio. It's not going well. And there are times you have to do the uncomfortable stuff, but 85 to 90% of the time, you've got to be in a position of power and control over your time, not of money. And you, I keep, I don't, I'm not talking about money and, and you said it earlier and, and, and I just, I got to drive that point home as much as possible. It's not about money. It's about freedom and flexibility to do what you want, when you want to do it, regardless of the day, month, year, or anything else. And, you know, I, I am fortunate at the age of 42 to live that life right now. And I remain focused on making sure that living that life is my priority instead of working for some future that may or may not be here. So, Good books, man. The Richest Man in Babylon by George Clausen, number one on the reading list. It's just a great book about the power of money and making money work for you and handling your debts and your personal finances. That's really just a simple concept as old as time. Uh, Millionaire Real Estate Investor by Gary Keller is a really, really good book. Eat That Frog is another book that I am a big believer in because you will ruin your day putting off painful things. And so the whole point of eat that frog is if every day you had to eat a frog, you should get up and eat the damn frog first thing in the morning, because then it's out of the way. It's not hanging over your head. You're not worried about it. And I tell people all the time in sales and marketing and 
anything. Get the bad news out of the way, and then, then you can go on with positivity. Because I believe in the law of attraction, Sean, and the law of attraction, you know, you've got to be focused on joy and happiness, and joy and happiness will come to you. But if you're focused on problems, more problems and sickness will come to you. So eat that frog, millionaire real estate investor, richest man in Babylon. I do not recommend books. Oh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I do not recommend books that are going to motivate you to take on debt and fool's errands. And like one of the best, worst books I ever read was a book called Traction by Gino Wickman. It's just full of theoretical advice that can lead you so far away from the entrepreneurial dream that I feel like it could be (laughs) hazardous to your health. It was to mine. It actually doing what was in that book ended up destroying some partnerships that were really more friendships than partnerships. And I started looking at them as partnerships instead of friendships. And so, you know, I think, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is is another, uh, that was the first book I ever read on real estate investing. It was given to me by a gunnery sergeant when I got out of the Marine Corps. So yeah, that's a, uh, I mean, that's a pivotal the- book for almost everybody. That, that book, that book is, I think I've talked about that book in every podcast I've done so far. That's the, that's the one book that is the catalyst that changes everybody's decision-making for uh, becoming an entrepreneur, I think, you know, so especially in real estate, for sure. They, if you've read that book, you, you've probably gone into real estate on some form, <laughs> it seems like. Well, so. and, and, and be careful of traps. The traps are, I could look at multifamily investing and say, oh man, I see how much money this guy Sean's going to make using my money. I need to just do that myself. Like be careful of those traps because those traps, you know, will distract you away from your vision and purpose in life. And, you know, Simon Sinek wrote, uh, start with why that's a great book. Why, why everything, why am I doing this? Why do I want that? Why is that part of my life or my routine? And then, you know, no matter where you are, I'm not saying that anyone listening to this could immediately, not everyone has the power or the ability or the resources to just hit stop on their life and start living another life. But I always recommend to people start, you can start trickling in those long-term desires today. Like even if it's, if you're listening and you want to spend more time with your kids, you know, if you have to be at work by eight, cool put them to bed early tonight and wake them up early tomorrow and make them breakfast or go to McDonald's or, you know, go eat breakfast and just start now doing the things that you one day want to do that you're not doing. And you'll, you'll, you'll be amazed how liberating it is one and two, you'll be amazed at how fast you can make that part of your daily life. If you just start now, because it'll become a priority and those things that are a priority tend to get accomplished a lot more than things that, you know, are just a dream or a hope. Right. Yeah. I I say that all all the time to my kid, you know, you want to get on the right path, start taking those, those steps that are getting you towards that, that destination, but you got to get on that path, you know, and, and take those actions today, even if you're not going to do that. You know, my transition to multifamily, I've been doing single family for a long time. And my transition to multifamily has been a two year process to where I'm just now getting up and running. But I started two years ago, you know, and, and trickling in, trickling in little parts of that investment asset. And I'm, I'm not even that far away from 
I mean, it's, it's really one asset class to another asset class is all I'm transitioning. It's not like I'm changing from being, you know, a doctor to a lawyer, you know, it's not, it's not a completely different uh, industry really. So, but yeah, so that's great advice. I think is, is start doing something today, uh, reading those books or taking some actions that are going to get you to the thing that you're trying to accomplish. Start doing that today whether it's learning, you know, reading, reading, watching podcasts, getting involved with, with something, start doing those things now that'll get you to where you want to be down the road. And you'll, like you said, eventually you'll see, Hey, I'm here at a place where I can get my business started or whatever. Well, Tim, I, I want, I don't want to take any more of your time. Yeah. <laughs> you've, you've been with me a long time on the podcast here. So let me, uh, let me get you going back to barbecue and the kids and stuff. I'm, I'm taking up your lifetime, your lifestyle time. <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. You know, you, we've known each other a long time and uh, we don't talk very much at all, but uh, I think of you as one of my good friends, you know, and I've probably said that already, but, and I, I think what you're doing now is, is great. Uh, I think what you're doing before was great too. I, I've always thought, you, you know, the, your approach to things is, is just a hard charge and it's, it's pretty amazing to watch. But So I, I, uh, I think you're doing good. I wish you a bunch of luck with what you've got going on. And I really do appreciate you not saying no to me <laughs> on being on my podcast. That means a lot to me. Well, man, if you're ever out in Rockwall, just uh, shoot me a text. Come swing by. You can hang out at the cabana and drink a beer with me. I go through Rockwall all the time. I'm a, I, I, I'm headed headed to Arkansas all the time. I've, I go I go right by your house probably once a month. Come it on. seems like yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Well, thanks a lot, and have have a good barbecue today, and and we'll see you soon, hopefully. All right. Thanks, Sean. Have a good one, bud. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level American Dreams. If you would like to learn more about what we talked about today want to contact the team directly, or are interested in passively investing and being a part of our deal room, head over to our website at www.thompsonmultifamilygroup.com. Before you go, please leave a review. Your comments help us create more episodes for you to enjoy.